What's up, everybody? This is Ryan here for The Scale Up Show. I have Jaden Schaefer on today. He is founder of AI Box. On top of it, too, he used ChatGPT to scale to a million downloads. How crazy is that? And is doing something that's completely wild uh, that he saw in advance of ChatGPT releasing the GPT store. So really fun episode. I love going through this with them. You're not going to want to miss this one. See you in there. Check it out. How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. What is happening, everybody? This is Ryan here with the Scale Up Show. I have a very special guest with me today. I have Jaden Schaefer. Jaden is the host of AI Chat which is a popular podcast with over a million listens. He's also the founder of Self Pause, which is a wellness app with over 120K users. And is also the CEO of A-Box, AI Box, not A-Box, what the hell am I doing? AI Box, who specializes in no-code AI app development and marketplace solutions. So Jaden, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Super excited to be here, Ryan. Yeah, dude. Um, I, had a, I had a blast being on your show it was a lot of fun. We did that a few weeks ago. And then as I was talking to you, I was like, dude, I got, I got to have you on my show, man. It was just loving the conversation that we had post wrap. So let's do a real quick revenue rundown. So everyone understands kind of like what stage of the journey you're at yeah. as we're going through this. So where are you guys at in terms of your ARR? Yeah. So AI box is a pre revenue company. We're currently under development. We're a, as you mentioned, a no code app builder and marketplace. We built out the app builder. Um, we're now building out the marketplace side of things. So we're slated to launch in Q1 of next year. Really excited for it. Awesome, man. Well, that's right around the corner as of time of recording. So looking forward to that. Uh, super excited. So what do you forecast like your primary go to market strategy is for growing the company once you launch Yeah, or bring it out into the world? I guess you've kind of semi launched already ish. Right, but not the product. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, walk us through what you're thinking there, man. Yeah. So my back, my background is in uh, marketing. I taught advanced digital marketing at university, and I've been doing that in uh, startups and software. So it's what I'm super passionate about. Um, of course, you know, to this point, we have a wait list of around 2,500 uh, companies that are ready to you uh, to jump on the platform, including people from Ally Bank, Google, Atlassian, KPMG, a bunch of big companies. And I've done all of that just from through my own podcast essentially talking about it on there um, and having people join the waitlist. Um, Post-launch, uh, I think from what I've seen with other software companies, if you want scale, of course, you have to kind of do the, you have to do like the Google ads and the Facebook ads um, and TikTok now is a big part of the mix. But what I'm like really excited about and where I've seen like really good bang for your buck is honestly through um, very targeted like influencer campaigns. So for me, I've seen the most success with uh, my last startup self pause through like YouTubers um, did a lot through YouTuber campaigns. Um, and so I think for AI box, it's going to be YouTubers, podcasters, TikTok, um, you know, Instagram reels, and kind of like that whole realm just does really, really well for conversions. Okay, that's awesome, man. And I want to dig into that because there's it's obviously very timely with everything that's happening right now. There's been massive changes to the social media algorithms actually over the last month or so from cross-platform from what I've seen. So it'll be interesting to dig into that. So let's get into that in a bit. So let's circle back. So keep that, keep that there, right, man? 
Um, and then like real quick, just like how, how big is your team? You know, and then are you bootstrapped or funded? Yeah. So earlier this year, we raised like a hundred grand. I mean, it's essentially just bootstrapped myself and the co-founder uh, and our CTO uh, work for pretty much free, just getting this thing built. Um, we're doing our, a crowdfunding campaign on Republic right now, raised around $280,000 so far in our first couple of weeks. Um, so that will go towards development and whatnot. But yeah, at the moment, it's, I mean, relatively bootstrapped. We have a small angel uh, round that we did at the beginning. Uh, we have six of us that are currently, you know, kind of actively working on, you know, on it and building it and stuff. We've done a lot with contractors as well. Um, so yeah, it's been a ton of fun. Okay. Love that, man. So, so let's get into your, your story in terms of how you decided to create AI, AI box, right. And then the podcast as well. Like, I know they're intertwined effectively, right? Or I don't know if it's chicken or the egg or the egg or the chicken. So why don't you walk us through that? Because that was something that I love hearing just kind of your breakdown when we talked about that before. Yeah. So, I mean, the podcast very early on when we we're starting AI Box at the beginning of the year, um, I, I talked to an investor is kind of when we we're starting to look for some angels and they were like, yeah, I love what you're doing. Um, you're going to have a lot more success raising money if you like are famous on Twitter. And I'm like, ah, I mean, like Twitter's <laughs> not my like thing. I don't really know how to growth hack Twitter that much. And I'm like, well, I've done a bunch of podcasts. So I decided to start a podcast. And like part of the idea was I was like, well, maybe it's useful in that realm. But also I was like, it's good to kind of start building the community now so that I have a group of people that um, I can, once we launch the platform, can uh, talk to it about. And then the podcast just kind of exploded on its own. Last month we passed a million listens. Um, so it just did really, really well. And uh, it's essentially what we've used to help you know, get the wait list and build the community and, and pretty much create everything we do have for, uh, for AI box. Okay. So that's fantastic. Love, love, uh, that concept. So walk us through that, like tactically, like how did you execute that? Like, that's a very unique model, right? And like, I, I see the value in it, right? Having a podcast. I love, I love the concept of it. Um, there's been a lot of different ways and most people talk about like going the Twitter route or going the LinkedIn route. Mm. So yeah. So love to hear just kind of you deconstructing, how you view it, you know, if someone were trying to mimic a situation like that, right, which is hard to build an audience, how would you tactically execute that? Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is like, you should focus on whatever platform you're most comfortable with and you most like use. Like personally, I have listened to podcasts for like, I don't even, I don't even know, like at least 10 years I've been like addicted to them. Um, and I've also been doing podcasting. So you, whatever area you like naturally are kind of inclined to consume the content, I say start with that platform because you're going to know it best. Like personally, I'm not on TikTok every day. You know, people send me TikToks that I'm like, oh, these are great. But like, I don't think I would be as successful if I was just like, hey, I'm going to start like I'm going to crush it on TikTok um, without maybe getting some someone that was kind of an expert to, to give me some tips. But I did know podcasting. So first off, whatever platform uh, you kind of are working on. The other thing I'll say is regardless of if you have like a business you're launching, um, building a an audience somewhere is incredibly valuable for whatever whatever projects you plan on doing and whatever you uh you know plan on doing um and i have a friend that uh he he has a, a tiktok account called um i think it's called ai daddy and uh he just does like educational ai stuff and it's grown to over a hundred and twenty thousand he started this year it's grown to over one hundred twenty thousand followers and like that was like that was like his area and he crushed it so Find whatever area you have, but I think it's incredibly important to uh, to build an audience uh, regardless of what you're working on because eventually it's going to be very, very useful. Yeah, that makes sense. So on the podcast side, then like, what did you, how did you approach it? Like, 
in terms of everything from episode creation, or I should say program design, episode creation to scaling it? Yeah. So I, uh, I have an interesting approach that I've not heard before. So if anyone is interested in starting a podcast, this is your, here's like a golden, I don't know what, what, what you charge for this. This is a writer down. Yeah, this is a writer, a writer down. Writer make, writer sure, make sure to keep this. You won't hear this anywhere else. Okay, so here's my strategy. You want to start a podcast. You find your niche that it's going to be started in. Create 10 podcasts, not episodes, but like full-blown podcast channels in whatever that niche is. And you give them all a one-word keyword name. So when I was starting this, I started one called... Um, I started a podcast called Artificial Intelligence. I started one called Machine Learning. I started one called AI. I started one called ChatGPT. I started one called OpenAI. I started one called um, Neural Networks. Whatever it is, like, so I guess not one word, but like a, like a very simple, like, keyword. Like, when you're thinking of, like, SEO, you want to rank on Google for something, like, the most competitive, aka has the most traffic, like, one word keyword. That's the name of the podcast. You make 10 of these things. Then um, record three episodes for each of them. This is not hard. You go on ChatGPT, it can write you a script, say, hey, I have a podcast called, you know, like sales, or I have a podcast called real estate. Um, you know, write me a script or write me like three topics that I could talk about and then write me a script for each of them. You just read the script and talk about it. So it, it should be simple, but you're going to record three for each of them, post it all on all of them. Wait, like you should be able to tell fairly soon, but sometimes it takes like a week or two to wait and see which of these, which of the 10 podcasts performs the best organically, gets the most listens. Um, and then pretty much what I do is I just take the one that performed the best, double down and just start cranking out a ton of content on there. I think qual uh, in, in the world of algorithms, every platform uh, quantity is really important. Of course, like quality is important, yada, yada. I know everyone's like quality is most important. Okay, but you can create the highest quality podcast and the highest quality video, whatever, and post it on a channel that just isn't in the algorithm and it's just going to flop. So I say, like, and I've even had this where I have the same video and I like, I accidentally had my scheduler one time. Uh, I have a VA that schedules social media posts for me. He accidentally scheduled the same Instagram post nine times in like five minutes. So just like, boom, 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 just like went like the same one. And at first I was like, oh, this is so annoying. And then like one of the nine got 1500 likes and the other ones were like three or 400 likes. And I was like, what the heck? So um, it, it's like in in algorithm land, qual or quantity is very important. So uh, find whatever the the lowest, I guess, barrier to entry type of content is that's still quality and still has good value, um, and just create a lot of it. And uh, that it was my strategy with the podcast, and it worked great. Uh, I hit a million listens. So then, like, okay, so I love love the the concept of that because you put in the hard work, right? And it's funny. Cause I've seen that, like, I shit you not. And I'm like, am, am I taking free? Like social media is kind of an alien planet, you know, when you, when you really look at yeah, it yeah. and then you, the algorithms are like, like the, the brain of the alien planet. Cause like <laughs> I've posted like the same exact post and I've gotten like uh, 350,000 views on it and just engagement all over the place. People are loving it. And then I post it again and it's gotten like, like 5,000 views on it. Yeah. I shit you not. Right. Yeah. Like, so like there's there's definitely elements to what you're talking about and and you know obviously there's the title and everything else. So for those keywords did you just did you do a keyword research then to like find the top 10 is that kind of what you did? Did you use yeah, like you, Arab or SEM Rush or something yeah, like that? Yeah, you can use uh, the one that I love is Answer the Public which I think was just acquired by Neil Patel's a you know company oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Answer the Public is cool. You throw in one keyword so like 
AI or artificial intelligence or sales or real estate or whatever. And then it will give you like, this is actually really, really good. Once you find, um, okay, this is kind of step two. Once you find, okay, once you find the keyword that works best, you should, it should be very intuitive. You shouldn't have to do too much research to find what the keywords are because it's like, it should be like very blunt and descriptive of exactly what like the, the quality or the content is. But once you pick the keyword, throw that keyword into answer the public and it's going to give you like 300 of the most popularly Googled searches in relation to that keyword. Those should be your first 300 episodes is discussing those topics because you're guaranteed that's what people are searching for the most. So when people see those, they're like, those. that's the clickbait they want to, those are the answers they want, right? So I did that for mine. Um, originally, I actually called my my podcast Chat GPT. That was like the keyword that performed the best. Um, that was the name of the podcast, just Chat GPT. That was the GPT. podcast, that's it. Yep, nothing else. And uh, my first like 300, no, probably not 300, maybe the first 100 episodes though were, were like, what is Chat GPT? How does Chat GPT work? What are the best prompts used for ChatGPT? Who created ChatGPT? Like it was just all the answer to the public questions. And I would just literally take those, get ChatGPT to write like a script. I would kind of talk about it. At some point, it, it got to the point where uh, there was a lot of other interesting things that weren't related to ChatGPT that were just kind of in AI space. So I started bringing in AI news. Those episodes also did really good once I kind of built the audience. Um, and so since, you know, since then, the, uh, the podcast has kind of taken a turn where it's now just me covering AI news and then interviewing like founders of AI yeah. companies at this point. Okay. Right on, man. So then did you like, how long did it take you from week one, like from zero to one, like after that week, like what was the differential on the, the 10 pods? Like, for the one that hit? Uh, yeah, I mean, in so for the ChatGPT one, it was like at the beginning of the year. So obviously ChatGPT is like the hottest topic and everyone's trying to figure out how to use it. Um, and I think it was like, you know, like day three was like 300 listens or something. And I was like, okay, this one has definitely got legs. And so I just, the, and it was like to the point where the more episodes I dumped on it, they just kept getting listens. It almost didn't change how much per episode the listen was. So some days I would literally uh, like crank out like 10 episodes in one day just to see if I could. And, uh, you know, analytics were fantastic. Okay. So then what would you recommend is like phase two when we talk about scaling? So you got, you got it nailed. You understand like your growth mechanism and then how do you grow it? Well, you said your first hundred episodes or whatever with answer to the public, but then like, how would you take it from there? How would you incorporate interviews? Cause I know you do that as well, man. Yeah. I mean, I think at some point uh, you, you got to really kind of, your podcast or your media channel, whatever it is, your TikTok, whatever, it gets big enough that like you have an audience other people want to leverage. And at that point, like when like when I do interviews and bring guests on, I can bring incredible guests like yourself on because I can say, hey, look, I have 100,000 monthly listeners on, you know, this specific topic that is applicable to you. I'd love to have you on. Right. And so then you can go get really high caliber guests where, um, you know, I have seen like smaller media channels, growth hack ways to get guests on without having like that. But it is like by far the easiest way for someone to be like, oh yeah, I want to get on your show or get on your channel is like, if you have some sort of like definitive statistics that you can tell them you're going to have a certain amount of viewers, right? With YouTube, it's very easy because you can see exactly how many views they get on their videos. Podcasts are harder because, you know, it's hard to know how many listens a podcast has. It's not really published anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's uh, essentially grow it to a point where you're seen as like credible and then you can start getting on high caliber guests, which bring in their own listeners as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. And then you just keep continuing kind of with that keyword research as the titles to 
escalate the views and things like that. Yeah, I mean, um, at this point, I just know what's going to be like the most clickbaity kind of, not like clickbaity, but really like, I'm talking about like, for me, it's easy. It's breaking news is what everyone's interested in anyways. This company just raised $100 million. That company just sold for $500 million. People are going to click on that and they're interested in it. I mean, I click on it and I'm interested in it, right? So that that's kind of easy if you're doing the news angle. But if you're doing content angle, which I think is really important because that evergreen content stays for a long time, especially if you're going to cross promote on YouTube or something. Yeah, you could just keep doing the answer to the public and, and kind of looking at what, you know, other people in the space are talking about or discussing. And, you know, people do like timely stuff as well. So it's mixing that in there. Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So what do you, what's your take man on like YouTube and podcast? And then like, would you take the same approach with YouTube? Cause I know you mentioned like, Hey, our go to market's going to be running influencer campaigns, reels and all those things. So like, how, how is that going to shift once you go to market and are you going to leverage like YouTube with the YouTube podcast? I don't know if you've dabbled in that, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, YouTube's awesome and, and it's an incredible channel. It's a unique algorithm. So like every once in a while, when I have a, a handful of guests, I post it on my YouTube channel. I used to do YouTube back in the day. I, I kind of went through every social media platform and tried to crack it at some point. So like Pinterest, I got to like a million like viewers on Pinterest at one point. So I felt like I cracked it. I moved on. I kind of have shiny object syndrome in the sense that like, I don't really want to be like the the tactical person all the time. But if I can figure out the growth hack, then I get a VA to come and like manage it until an algorithm changes, which that also happens, right? So yeah, like I feel like I've kind of cracked like Instagram and Pinterest and podcasts. YouTube, uh, I had a channel, I grew it to like 2,500 uh listeners, which isn't that many or like subscribers, which isn't that many. But like for YouTube, that's not, uh, you know, it's YouTube's a heavy lift, but it's one of the most valuable platforms. So I definitely think it's one to, uh, to focus on if someone's going to sit there and watch a video of you for 10 minutes, that's, uh, you know, that's a solid audience. That being said, like you, it's way more effort than, for example, a podcast that I could crank 10 of them out with because it's just an audio file and it's like, it takes no time to render and I don't really need a, someone to edit it. Now I have them, but in the past, like I could just do 10 episodes all by myself, you know, and just run it through like an audio enhancer or something and it's good to go. YouTube is a, is a bigger lift. So I'm sure I'll, I'll dive into that more in the future, especially when I have a, probably a more full-time team to do video editing right now. I just kind of have the audio people. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense, man. But yeah, it's, it's it's a valuable platform, like 100%. Jump on it if you can. It's a great it's a great focus that you have. So, uh, so yeah, that's interesting. So it's it sounds like you kind of enjoy the challenge of trying to figure out the platform and the algorithm, and then just take advantage from there. Yeah. Not take advantage, but just deconstruct it and find a way around it. Like I started kind of looking at that a little bit. What do you, what's your thoughts on threads, you know, versus Twitter, since that's like a platform that it's in, it's, it's in its infancy. And then another one that I've, I've come across too, which is kind of interesting, just trying to be like the TikTok of links is artifact. Any thoughts on those two? Yeah. Um, I, 
I would say it's so hard to start a new social media platform. Threads, like they kind of have a, a little bit of a lifeline because it's like being promoted literally on like Instagram. Like I'll see little thread tweets or whatever, like on Instagram and I'll click it and it's like open a new app. And I'm like, ah, never mind. Like shut it down. I'm not going to log into my, so like, yeah, I mean, I jumped on threads when it launched and I don't know. Cause like, you know, they make it you could, where you get all your auto followers from Instagram. They have like a bunch of hacks, which I think are helpful and like gave it like a higher chance of something else at the end of the day though. Like, I don't know when I was on threads, there was just like a whole bunch of like brands posting stuff and i was just like ah oh, this is so it's kind of cringy i know it's it'll i think it'll definitely keep an audience because there's a lot of like the the moms of instagram are like posting nice things and positive quotes so i think there's like the space for that where some people might not be able to hack uh the wild west of twitter or x um but at the end of the day it's like x already has like such a network effect the news is broken there like for me it's indispensable for like staying up to date to the second on like the tech breaking news tech someone figured out this hack they're not gonna go post that on instagram you know what i mean so it's like for like the hacker and the tech community it's not like it's a real competition but i think for like the the moms and the influencers maybe there's some sort of space that it will hold (laughs) moms and influencers so are you going so when you when you roll with this are you what's your next step man like you obviously scaled up the podcast. How are you going to take this to the next level when you launch next year? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, like from a strategic perspective, something I've just done is launched two new podcasts, one called AI Applied and one called um, AI Hustle. So I like, the thing is when I crack, like a, when I crack a platform, I could go try to figure out how to crack another one or I'm like, or I could just like keep exploiting the podcast sphere. So at this point, I've done two more of that. But like when we launch, it's going to be less of my own media network and it'll be more or just leverage, you know, we'll just pay people to to talk about us and, and promote us and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, in the in the meantime, a way that I like will quickly triple is uh, essentially my AI chat one is like AI news started one called AI applied about how to apply AI. And I have a co-host, it's uh, Connor Grennan. He's the dean of NYU Stern uh, School of Business Management. Um, he's got like 50,000 followers on LinkedIn. So he's a legend. People should follow him. And he talks about AI stuff. So, you know, it's like creating, once you kind of have like a reputation and like a solid audience, creating something else and co-hosting it with someone, like you essentially can start snowballing because now I'm grabbing his 50,000 audience and then, you know, a, the AI Hustle podcast. Uh, it's my good friend, Jamie McCulley, who's got 130,000 subscribers on YouTube and he's co-hosting it with me. So it's like, once you get to a certain point, then you can kind of start leveraging other people's and and essentially doing that. Yeah, no, that makes sense, man. I like it. I like it. So sure. How do you, so you got three podcasts effectively you're involved in like, so how many episodes do you record a week? For the other two podcasts, it's like we hop on for an hour once a week and we just crank out like three episodes that are, you know, 20, 15, 20 minutes long each. Uh, We do a little research ahead of time. So know what we're talking about and stuff. And then we just schedule them out. So, you know, that's like two hours a week for those. And then uh, for my own, it's kind of whatever spare time I have at the beginning or end of the day, or at some point I just record it and send it over to my VA to edit and schedule. Um, but I, I mean, I like to, I like to record a couple podcasts a day for mine. So mine's a lot more active for sure. Yeah, no, there's a, I mean, you get, you pump out a lot of content and like, I, I mean, I'm kind of the same way, man. Like I love doing the shorter episodes. Like you don't need to have like an hour long episode, like a Tim Ferriss yeah, yeah, yeah. hour and a half two hour episode or Tom Billy, like two hour episode. I mean, those are cool sometimes, 
but I think you've done an awesome job of like making it short and tight so that you could integrate it into someone's routine. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Like, um, one of my friends, Colin Mitchell did the same thing with sales transformation podcast, which is ranked really high as well. And so, um, so you've given me a couple of things to think about that I need to tweak a little bit with mine. Um, so let's talk about AI box, man. Like in, this is being recorded in the middle of November. If you're listening to this, whether it's shortly after or long after, OpenAI just launched their their whole basically new releases with the multimodal capability at the same time, the whole AI assistant, GPT store, basically announcement that's going to happen probably in the next two to three weeks. And so talk to us, man, about like what AI Box is doing and kind of like your view on the whole space, right? Because I, I love the growth hacker component that you have. And we haven't really talked a ton about the AI space, even though that's like one of my favorite nerd subjects to talk about. So walk me through it, man. Where do you, where do you think it's going? And, you know, what's your thoughts on it? And like, how did that kind of bring you to AI box and start working on that? Yeah. Well, the first thing is when we heard it got launched, we're like very, well, at first we're like, oh no, like, is it going to be the same thing as us? Is this like bad for competition or something? And then after looking into it, we've just became pretty much very excited. It feels very validating that the $10 billion company uh, sees them, the marketplace and the industry going in the same direction, which we envisioned like at the beginning of the year when we kind of started on this project. Um, I think it's awesome. I'm excited for the GPT store. I think it's uh, it's honestly been a big, it's been a good like marketing campaign for us because essentially it's the same concept of building apps and even they'll have like uh, royalties on the marketplace. Um, OpenAI is going to obviously have a awesome distribution. And then the cool thing we're excited for is, you know, our platform isn't just the five AI models that OpenAI has. We'll host thousands of AI models. We'll make Meta and Google work together. We'll have open source models that you can't really get or run or access otherwise. So um, yeah, we're, we're excited because it's it's the way the, the industry is going and we see it as being very validating. Um, but yeah, we just have a lot more uh, a lot more flexibility. You can create you can create AI tools on our platform and embed them in your own software. Um, you can, you know, have a lot more flexibility on, you know, what models you're using, how often you update them, how you run them. And, you know, you'd pretty much have a more hands-on approach, but yeah, it's very exciting. I think. So almost like an, like an AI agnostic model versus theirs, which is all tied to, to just the open AI version. Yeah, right? exactly. Is that kind of what I hear you saying is, whether it's whether it's Claude or Bard or you know Gemini or whatever the hell the next version of Google yeah. is, and then like you're saying, all the open source models as well. I, I dude, I love that because like I've seen that uh, personally, and like I have like a prompt library or prompt matrix effectively, mm-hmm. and we talked a little bit about this, but like there's stuff that Bard is actually really good at, and there's stuff it's terrible at, right? And then vice versa with Claude and ChatGPT, and so you know, as these use cases keep getting sniffed out, that's going to continue to grow because it's just like, I mean, the, now here's what I would say is OpenAI has done a really good job of pressing the envelope on what they're doing quality wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so, but I can see what you're saying. Like there's definitely use cases where you would want to integrate multiple models into the same thing and leverage all those strengths and none of their weaknesses. So I, I like the idea of like stitching that together. Yeah. Um, or integrating, integrating is probably a more formal. Yeah. And I mean like OpenAI, honestly, like it's, like I have ChatGPT open in my tab all day, every day. So, I mean, I think for the ChatGPT, it's the winner when it comes to, because they just, like you mentioned, some of their other big announcements, they just released their an API to their uh, GPT-4 voice where it's like audio and it's good. But like 11 Labs has been doing this for a number of months and it's significantly better with 11 Labs. So they're already translated into every language and 
Um, their Dolly 3 that they just updated and came out with is pretty good. And I think it's especially like the fact that it's tied into GPT is awesome. But like Mid Journey, despite the fact that it's harder to use on Discord, is like yeah. significantly better for, for you know, image uh, image quality and whatnot. So I think OpenAI does a really good job of having like a solid suite of products that are fairly good, but they're not all best in class when it comes to, you know, like some yeah. of these companies that just do one thing and they do it very well. Or something like, you know, Twitter, which is coming out with Grok AI, which is going to be like up to the minute, um, you know, breaking news, everything happening uh, like live in real time. Of course, you have ChatGPT, which is cut off in April of this year, and it doesn't have any new information since then. So there's going to be a lot of these specialized models that do one thing very, very good. And uh, yes, you could build something with OpenAI. But if you want it to be like 20, 30, 40% better at something specific, you're going to want to use best in class. Yeah. So that, that brings me to the, the, the technical aspect, man. Like how, like I know your, your background's marketing and you, you have been in tech before, but like when it came to the creation of this, right? Like the, the concept to idea or idea market fit to the actual development of the marketplace and of the the no code enabler, like how how did that all go down? We didn't, we haven't really talked about that yet, which is pretty critical. Yeah, so I mean, building. So my last startup is called Self Pause, the number one AI life coach. That's kind of what got me kicked off on this whole uh, like software and AI space and being interested in all of that. Um, and just throughout that, have made a ton of connections with people kind of in the software space. So when we got started, uh, looking at my. W- Jill, who helped me do self-pause, we launched that together, scaled it to 120,000 users. Um, We were talking about a bunch of different plays in AI. I'd just been really fascinated with the topic since like last summer, I think. I'd like played around with Jasper and a a lot of like audio AI tools. I'd use them to make podcasts and stuff. And uh, actually, so that podcast strategy I mentioned at the beginning where you have 10 podcasts. When I first started that, I, I figured that out last summer. I would literally just get like ChatGPT or Jasper, which was a precursor to ChatGPT. It's the same API from OpenAI, essentially. But um, I'd get it to write the script, and then I'd use Well Said Labs, which is a good audio thing to read it. So I was—I actually had podcasts mm-hmm. with like a hundred plus, a hundred percent AI generated uh, content, and multiple of the podcasts I did in that space, I, I was essentially creating them at that time to promote Self Pause. But multiple of them got over a hundred thousand listens on them. So. Come on, yeah. multiple episodes, huh? Dude, multiple episodes got like you're you saying know, not, not on the podcast, the, but the episode. total on all the episodes. Yeah, like, okay. like hundred. Okay. It's still very good. Though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get AI can crank out a bunch, and they all get a thousand listens, and then boom. So yeah, um, that was kind of that was kind of the start of that, and uh, I can't even remember what the question was, but that was a great strategy if anyone wants to try it. Dude, I love that. So. Um, Okay. So, so yeah, I, w- I was asking about how kind of the whole team oh, yeah, yeah, came yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're looking like, at, we're looking at some AI plays and I had a bunch of friends and some of them I was, I was essentially harassing the the tech guys I know every day about a bunch of different AI, you know, the viability of a bunch of different AI pl- uh, products that we're thinking of. And eventually we're like, oh my gosh, we just need to build a platform where we can build all of these. There's no way we're going to be able to crank out all of them after ChatGPT came out. And so my friend Ben, who I harassed the most on the topic, uh, He's a really prolific developer. And he's like, let's just create this, you know, this platform. So we kind of jumped head in on that. Wow. Okay. That's fantastic, man. Well, let me ask you this, because we're, we're just about up on time. And this has been a blast to, to kind of talk through. So what, where do you see like over the next 12 months with 
where we're at in this single point of time in the middle of November 2023. Where do you see the the next 12 months heading in terms of everything from assistance to agents to AGI, right? Like, where do you kind of see that going just based on everything that you've done, talked about? and been involved with. Yeah. So, I mean, I recently had the head of developer relations on my podcast from OpenAI talking about like agents Uh, from their perspective. They said the technology, they have it. So they're like, yeah, we're sitting on the agent technology. The problem is if we launch it, it will literally break the internet because websites are not ready for one to 10 million like OpenAI agents to run around and crawl everything and grab data from everything. They're like, we're just going to like the infrastructure of the internet will literally melt once we unleash this so they're like we have to be really careful we're trying to like help people scale up infrastructure and like all this different stuff so agents like the capabilities are here i would say get ready for that that's going to be crazy um that's a big thing we're excited for with ai box um is essentially being a place with this with a whole bunch of apps and tool sets that these agents can can essentially like when you tell an agent to go accomplish a task It'll be able to come to AI Box and find the top ranked way to use AI to accomplish that task. So if you want consistent results, you send your agents to AI Box to get something done. Um, otherwise, if you just kind of give them free reign, they, the the prompts they use might not be the best. They might, you know, whatever. So um, that's one thing that we're uh, really excited about. That's why we're doing our, our crowdfunding round for AI Box and uh, essentially raising money to help build out the infrastructure. So we're ready for that. Um, and we've, I think we've raised around $280,000 to date doing that, but yeah, it's going to be exciting over the next 12 months will be big. I think, um, the thing we need to see before anything is like a lot of these models are starting to increase quality significantly. Um, and I think the next step will be video. So we need to get AI in video to the mainstream. Once the video aspect is in place, I think then, then it goes a little bit more parabolic. What do you mean by that? Like... Once videos down to a solid level, I just feel like it's going to completely change like content the way we can like everything will be everything will be different in the way we consume content like Netflix is no longer you go there and watch a movie anymore. It's like you go to Netflix and you're like, hey, I want like a superhero movie with like these five actors playing like the main role. I'd like it to be like this and that. And like, it'd be cool if like this is kind of the ending and these are my content. Like you just direct your own movie and it will just like throw it all together. And, uh, you know, maybe the actors that you pick that get put in there, they get some sort of royalty for their likeness being used if they like, you know, accept the terms or whatever from Netflix. Like there's going to be just crazy people's people's perceptions of reality it's going to be insane it's going to like there's so many crazy implications with video for example like a courtroom um you you show evidence of something happening but it's just like an ai generated video so like fake uh you know fake court data there is going to be something that we like really have to look out for there's just so many implications that uh I don't know if everyone's ready for them, but like they'll come sooner than I think, I think 12 months and we'll have very high quality video cracked. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's elements of that starting to happen already anyways, with some of the stuff runways doing, yeah. like you're seeing pretty wild things happen at an accelerated rate there. So yeah, I mean, deep fakes as well, but it's going to be hard to, disseminate reality. I mean, do you think that'll lead to a lot of people pushing back to live interactions and conferences and more live meetings versus having it all uh, like digital, should we say, or like, like this, right? Or what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think that people will still have like, so I think 
the perceived value of AI generated content is lower, but doesn't mean that people it's not cheaper and easier to consume. And so like at the end of the day, like going to a, a virtual or like a, a in-person conference has its own values for networking and stuff. But at the same time, if I want to learn about a topic, I might just want to sit on my couch. And if it's an AI that's right, teaching yeah. me about it, I might not care too much. So I think YouTube is going to get like massively overhauled. They're, they're starting to, they're prepping for it. They're changing their terms of service and doing a bunch of stuff to like essentially make AI uh, more, I don't know, intuitive. And I think there's going to be a lot of really cool, exciting things. For example, like uh, every YouTube video will be translated into every language with the original person's voice, but just speaking in that language, yeah. that's just going to get built in. There's, there's companies that are like 11 labs is already doing that. And you, know, you see people like Mr. Beast who are paying millions of dollars to create like a dubbed channel in Spanish, for example, which has like 20 million subs. So like it's a, it was a good concept, but uh, it's just going to get built in and automatically done for every language in the future. So yeah, there's like some cool things like that, which uh, obviously helps spread information further. But uh, yeah, the the deep fake stuff and all that is concerning, but also there's no way to stop it. So like regulations, yeah. whatever you want, there's always going to be open source models. If the technology is exists, it will be created. So I think focusing less on how to stop it and instead talk about how to like deal with it because it's coming regardless is probably the best frame of mind for people. Excellent, man. Well, it was awesome having you on the show. Thanks for being on, man. This was a lot of fun. Love the the AI nerdery that we're talking about. And like I said, really, really impressive what you did to grow an audience from zero to a million listens. And then also the, the crowdfunding, you know, real excited about what you're going to do next, man. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, we'll see you. Have a good one. And we will see you all on the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.